There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Welcome to the Tuned and Strong podcast. I am Angela McHughson from Music Strong, joined by my lovely co-host today, Dr. Jen Cabas from Tuned and Toned Performance. And today we have a special episode because we're joined by our fellow musicians, Madeline Stewart and Hannah Murray from Corsonor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I think I'm you're listening. Good day. Good day. Good day. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Depending on when you're listening and what time zone you're in. <laughs> yeah. We are in three different time zones currently. <laughs> yeah, we are covering both coasts of the U.S. today. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom. How's your ocean? How's your ocean today? <laughs> right? right? I don't have an ocean. <laughs> okay, so can you guys tell us a little bit about what course? Well, we, sh we should probably start in like, who are you? for people who don't know who you are. So mm -hmm. uh, Madeline, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so you want me to know about me as an individual or as a part of, okay. Well, let's see. So I met Hannah, my lovely co-host and business partner um, when we were doing our masters, I was getting a masters in vocal performance. And after I graduated from that masters, I kind of took a career path shift. And now I work more in the health and wellness and movement rehabilitation world. Um, so I have a master's in kinesiology. Um, I have different certifications and lots of different movement forms because I find different forms of human movement really fascinating. And I like to study with the people who have taken deep dives in certain areas of that. So um, I have yoga certifications. I have a move, MoveNet certifications. I have FRC certificate, uh, functional range conditioning, um, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, birth fit. So I've kind of gone a lot of different routes in the movement world um, to study with people that I find what they're doing really, really interesting. Um, but it's kind of all housed under my kinesiology background. And in my own private practice, I work, I'm also a nutritional therapist. I work with um, individuals in nutrition and also movement rehabilitation. I also do some personal training, but that's just like, if people find me, I don't advertise for that. Um, and then with Hannah, I take all of that information and training and gear that towards supporting musicians in optimizing their performance. Yeah. So you do a little bit of things. Yeah. <laughs> my, my bio is I'm Hannah and I play violin good. <laughs> <laughs> no, not true. So you? not true. <laughs> uh, uh, it's true. It's it's a certifiable fact that we met in grad school. We were roommates, and um, actually, I train Madeline and I really bonded over training for triathlons together. That was kind of like movement was always a, a very intricate part of our friendship and relationship. And 
Um, we're always like going to the gym, going to the pool, riding our bikes, running, like every yoga. Um, and uh, so I play violin. <laughs> I should say that I still play violin. Um, and when Madeline left me, I got um, pretty- Then moved out of the state. <laughs> abandoned me also known as moving out of the state um I started working on my doctorate and I became really really fascinated by the relationship between Yehudi Menuhin and BKS Iyengar um the yogi uh and the violinist I should say in case people don't know who that is and Yehudi Menuhin had huge um playing issues in his own body that he was like, he kind of hit like his twenties, maybe his early thirties and really struggled um, and was looking for solutions, looking for answers, like trying all of these different things to kind of figure it out and found it through this movement practice. And then went on to essentially bring who we all know as like the, the grandfather of kind of asana practice in the West. He was really the person who brought him to our attention which I thought I was like, this is insane. Um, and so that's what I actually wrote my dissertation about. And during the dissertation research phase, I realized that there's actually like quite a bit of information about musicians' health and musicians' injuries and like kind of this whole host of stuff. Um, and at that same time, Madeline was like getting certifications galore. And we were sort of <laughs> at this point where it was like, I'm doing all this research going, wait, this stuff exists and I don't know about it. And she's like, oh my God, I'm learning all this stuff that I should have known in school. What? And, and that was like kind of the confluence of we, we, need to, we need to stop that. We need to change that, the direction or the information that musicians are getting through their education. And so that was kind of the birth of Corpse Noir and the end. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm gonna tangent us here because I you know I did my doctoral research also on um, cross application of of movement therapies to practice and mm -hmm. so I, I did similar research you know um, when when was it that you were doing your research what year was that um, I published my dissertation defended it graduated in 2019 uh, 2017 oh my gosh okay. so sorry you guys so <laughs> a year before me so we're in the same range so when you were doing your research um, looks like we lost there she is okay <laughs> my internet just kicked me off okay <laughs> um, so Hannah when you were doing your research um, I know these, you said you found there's all this information out there about um, injuries and, and I found a lot about yoga specifically. There, there's a much richer history in that area for musicians um, and a couple other methodologies, but how much did you find in terms of um, research and statistics on how many of us are injured versus things offering solutions or suggestions? Yeah. This is a great point, actually, because I feel like there's a real divide in that research. There is the look at all the injury stuff that we found. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of like we and I found a lot of yoga studies in not the music world that were more geared towards like how it was, how it's helpful. But there wasn't a lot of information that was really 
scientific. Like there's a couple studies actually that happened um, in at Tanglewood that mm-hmm. in in relationship with the Kripalu Institute, Kripalu Institute, um, yeah. and the musicians would they, they like took a couple musicians or whatever between the two um, institutions. But that stuff was like the results were like musicians said they felt better, mm-hmm. and you're like, right, okay. What do I do with that? <laughs> Yeah, right. Good. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I do feel like there isn't a whole lot right now on the like application. Um, yeah. 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 I found the same thing when I was writing my book, trying to find out what are the <laughs> what are the applications. I mean, have has there been much uh, in the way of injury prevention or how like the application of strength training towards musicians? There's there's a study in Sweden and a study in. Australia and like those are the two places that things are getting done I don't know what the heck's up with us why we can't get on board with whatever like come on but now it's always like Sweden and Australia like got it going on and they're like they're taking care of their musicians but um and the the studies I found they're they're pretty generic but it's like oh we devised this strength training program it wasn't anything specific it was just like hey we're sending them to the gym didn't and they did find like 41 percent had you know 19 to 41 percent had uh, increase in strength, decrease in playing related pain, et cetera. But I mean, it's like, that is such a tiny, there is so much to be explored there, but there's just, there's not, there's a lot of studies that not, but I mean, there's more studies out there about, oh yeah, we hurt, we're injured. Well, what have we done about it? Nothing. Well, cause we we can convince people that know for real, we're all hurt. It's okay to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because I just gave, so, you know, I, I joke a little bit when I say I'm just a violin player. Um, I, I do have a yoga certification and I am a Tamani teacher. Um, and I gave a class last last week, maybe a week before. I don't know what last it's time. Week. Who knows? <laughs> um, and it was, it was at a conservatory and it was a group of like 10 kids and they were nervous at the beginning I think because they were like why is she coming to my class to tell me about my body and then by the end you know (laughs) you have like nine of the ten kids being like well what do I do about this this is where I have pain this is where blah 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 this is where blah 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 and you're like okay you know you guys are at this elite music training facility I also Mm -hmm. know that the people at the not elite places are having these issues I also know that the professionals are having these issues yeah, like it permeates every every corner of this industry, mm-hmm. and somehow we've all just kind of accepted it. Yep. Well, and, and I we shouldn't say we because us right. we haven't. But. Right. Right. And and as a community, we've accepted that you also don't talk about it. Right. Right. I'm like that. <sighs> I don't know about you, but. I, I don't know if you've been injured or if, the, if you were lucky enough that this stuff kind of prevented a lot of that for you. I'm, I'm hopeful for most people that that's the case because um, Angela and I both found this through injury. But the first thing, every time I, because I'm open, I'm open about my injury because I'm sick of people not being, because I never had that when I was, you know, I was very fortunate. I had a supportive community, but they'd never admit that they were injured. So anytime I go anywhere, it's like, oh, orchestra or a new school or uh, when I was doing my research and, you know, why are you interested in this? You know, anytime I go anywhere professionally and I talk about, oh, yeah, I was injured from this background. The first question everybody asks me, not, you know, how did you deal with it or 
first question. So uh, how long can you play now? And wow. Jeff, will you remind me what instrument you play? I'm a clarinetist. Well, okay. woodwind doubler, but clarinet's my primary. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, every time, every time. So I don't know if that's, uh, if you guys have experienced that either. As in, if you're uh, injured, you're permanently disabled and you can no longer play and you just, you should just quit. <laughs> this like is like the crux of like this, this I'm gonna come down. <laughs> this is the thing that sets my- At this point, I find it amusing. Fire. At this point, I find it amusing because I'm like, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take the brunt of that for now. And I'll kind of be the one if I have to, to kind of like, I, I can, it doesn't matter. I can take whatever gig I want. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You know, how much can you play now? Whatever I want. Yeah. What you got? I'll, I'll do it. Right. right, right. But I, yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys had come across that either, but that's that's the kind of stigma that I, I definitely experienced. Yeah. And uh, Madeline, have you have you dealt with? I I would I never experienced any physical injury in mm -hmm. performing. Um, I definitely experienced physical frustrations and get my body to do what I wanted it to do. Um, and there's this, it's very, I, don't, I think it's the same in musicians as um, instrumentalists as well, but for singers, it's really challenging when you're working with a teacher and they can only explain what the sensation feels like in their body. And you're trying mm -hmm. to make your body feel like their sensation, but mm -hmm. it probably isn't ever going to feel like they feel it. So it's a weird, weird language thing. So I got um, a lot of excess tension through trying to put somebody else's sensations onto my own body. Uh, it never caused pain, but it caused a lot of frustration. Um, I did experience some pretty intense performance anxiety in my master's. Um, that was like basically right around when Hannah and I got together as friends. Um, and I, what you're experiencing, uh, with your injury, that's what I ran into. I kept talking to people about it. I was looking at resources and it was basically like, you know, imagine the audience is naked and if you're not nervous, then you don't care. So that was not very, very helpful it's, for it's me. Super helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, uh, I care too much. I care too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that actually, when I decided to go back to school for, uh, to get a master's in kinesiology, I did two specialty tracks. So one of them was corrective and rehabilitative exercise. And the other one was performance psychology. So that's, I really cool. wanted to study the performance psychology track because I felt like there, I know that there are tools out here and there are strategies and there are techniques to support people in dealing with this. And I was not able to find them. So if I wasn't able to find them, it's probably difficult for other musicians to find them as well. And just like Hannah was saying, you know, it just left me feeling like, yes, okay, somebody develops performance anxiety anxiety they really need to see someone they like search they search maybe they find somebody but my my hope is really that we can create change in a way that these strategies and techniques are implemented in the training of a musician and so this is given emphasis and importance before a problem is developed um and you know i bet it still will happen sometimes but people will have resources when that comes up um 
And so Hannah and I talk about on Course in Ore that we really approach musicians, health and wellness through a biopsychosocial model. So we really want to look at all elements of an individual, their biology, their psychology, and their social and environmental factors, because all of these areas influence each of the other areas. They all cross-relate and influence and impact each other. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, why... You know, I would say in regards to musicians' injuries, you know, we can't just look at the physical. We also mm -hmm. have to look at the social environmental. We also have to look at the psychological. Same mm -hmm. with each other category. If there's, a, if there's performance anxiety, we can't always just look at it from that angle. We also have to look at the biology. We also have to look at their mm -hmm. social and environmental factors. Um, and so yeah, that's, that's in the short of it, that is a, why and I really approach musicians health and wellness through this model, this approach. Where did you go to school for that again? Where did you study that? Uh, breaking up, where'd you Are go? you talking about the, the kinesiology portion? Of yeah, life? yeah, because I've never heard of that kind of track before, the, like that dual track. I've not heard of that. I think it was, uh, is it? There she oh, is. she's back. I was like, I'm going to put Changing to my hot spot because I feel like Yep. I'm out in the country and I feel like the internet is not working today. So I'm just shifting to the hotspot. So <laughs> sorry for your editing nightmare. <laughs> anyway, we were saying like, where was that? Where was that that you got went to school with the kinesiology, that two track? I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so it's through AT Still University. There's actually five tracks um, that you can choose and you can be just one track, um, but I chose to do the dual track. Um, the other tracks are, if I can remember, one of them is for working with elderly population. One of them is for adaptive athletes. So athletes with prosthetics. Um, and, the fifth, ah, and the fifth one is like strength training conditioning. So that's like, if you want to be a kinesiologist that works specifically with sports teams, you'd probably do corrective exercise and strength and conditioning. And you did corrective and performance psychology? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So do you have any resources? So, I mean, this is fascinating to me because I had no idea this was out there. I have a feeling like most of us have no idea this is out there. How does somebody find somebody like you who knows things like this and like, what do they look for? What... What do you do? How can you help people? How do they find, we, we're, there's, I feel like there's all these people and there's you. I'm like, how do we bridge this gap, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that is a huge part of what Hannah and I are doing with Corsinor. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are really trying to bring experts in the field of musicians, health and wellness, health and wellness in general, and musicians all into one area. So Corsinor is not just about Hannah and I, it's about all of the other people who have also been doing this work and trying to support musicians, health and wellness. And we're doing exactly what you're asking. We're trying to create a landing zone for people to find someone to work with. So mm -hmm. For example, like, yes, you come, you find, you listen to this podcast, you're interested in performance psychology, psychology, because I just talked about it. You come to Corsinor, and then maybe you actually listen to our episode with Dr. Michelle Cleary, who this is her whole career, her whole specialty. And then you go work with her, not necessarily come work with me. So we at Corsinor are really trying to help people create that map 
of providers and support for them, as well as working on the front end in prevention. I love that. What kind of, uh, you guys have, I have so many questions. You guys have interviewed um, a lot of people recently. Like what, what, um, who are some of your recent past guests and what kind of stuff are you uh, working on at the moment? If you can share. Mm. Well, we've had some really good guests all the way. Oh, go ahead. Do what? Do we maybe want to say for people who don't know what Corsinor is? Oh, like (laughs) go for it, Hannah. (laughs) Well, let me put on my doctoral cap and lecture at you for Dr. Hannah. Dr. Hannah coming to you live. Um, So Madeline and I were trying to find a name for this project that was like steeped in in the tradition and like you know tied to research somehow but was still like quote unquote cool and by cool I mean like what we thought was cool so you know whatever um (laughs) and I was looking through this it's like the the Oxford dictionary of western music and it like goes all the way through it's like this sure we all had to have that in music school right yeah yeah and (laughs) I think it was I haven't thought about that book in a long time. <laughs> right, right. Neither had I. Um, it was either Rameau or oh, yeah. Rousse. Yeah, it was Rameau had his um, theory about tuning and temperament, and he called it corpsonore, which was the vibrating body or the sound body. And it was the whole name of one of his theories about tuning and intonation. And we were like, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's perfect. So that's why it's corpsonore sound body wellness. Mm-hmm. perfect and again for people who might not know if they're new because like <laughs> we angela's been doing a lot of the legwork on finding people so i'm gonna just be honest about that you know um i had to kind of go through instagram a little bit and i didn't know how many of us were actually out there and i certainly don't know still what we all do yet you know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. for people who go okay well now i know to look for course and we've kind of covered a little bit of what you guys do individually it sounds to me as an outsider, like, okay, so Corsinor is the podcast where you interview professionals and create that network, or is there other aspects to that? Yeah, so right now we um, we are a platform and a podcast is what we call it. So we publish articles and research from um, kind of all <clears throat> perspectives in the field. Um, we have articles on performance anxiety. We have articles on... Um, breathing. We have articles from PTs. We kind of like hit the whole um, perspective. Um, And then we have a different podcast guest every month. So we have an interview every month. And then we have like kind of a candid conversation between Madeline and myself, um, where we talk about either just very casual conversations or kind of pointed perspectives on different um, components of the biopsychosocial approach. Um, I don't know if Madeline's frozen or if she's just looking at me like very unimpressed right now. <laughs> I feel like she's frozen again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Um, and then we also have a, a monthly newsletter that goes out. So you okay. get kind of the head, the, the headlines. Yeah. The highlights and the headlines delivered straight to your inbox. So cool. yeah. sorry not to derail your question, Angela. But... No, not at all. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> no, it's, 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 I mean, that's a valid point. I forget. 
you know, I mean, cause I've, I, we've known each other for a couple of years now. That's <laughs> true. Angela was like, I think in our first year or year and a half, maybe so. of creation, Angela was like a major contributor. She gave us a great article and a really great right. podcast interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I wrote a, I think I wrote an article called uh, debunking the myths of strength training or something. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you wrote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we all remember. <laughs> uh, Angela, but back. So your question was, who have we interviewed recently? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mentioned her name just a few minutes ago. So Dr. Michelle Cleary, she's a performance psychologist. Um, she actually has a PhD in psychology, but she... Um, just works in the performance psychology avenue and she works primarily with athletes and musicians. Uh, And you can listen to that episode if you wanna know more about it, but it's a really just refreshing and kind of relieving episode to listen to because of her take on it. She just has such an amazing energy um, and she makes everything feel very possible and just like very straightforward. Um, But I also really appreciated her approach that she agreed in that this this should be something that's a part of everyone's training, not just like an afterthought if something comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really great episode. Um, we also interviewed Dr. Jan Domerhalt recently, and he is, as we say, the OG PT in <laughs> musicians' <laughs> health and wellness. So basically, if you've seen research that was done in the United States in regards to musicians, it was probably him. If you are reading in textbooks about musicians, physical therapy, it was probably him. He's pretty much had his fingers in everything in regards to musicians, um, PT in the United States specifically, but he does travel all over. That was also a really interesting episode. We also did a great one with Duncan Rock. That one was one of my favorites too. He's a opera singer and Nutritionist, Nutrition. right? Yeah. Yeah. In the and UK. Yeah. He was very lovely. I thought yeah. he had some great insight. And he works at this facility where it's specifically for, was it specifically for singers? It was called like the, and actors. Um, it's called like the mm-hmm. voice, voice care center, I think. I think it was called the voice Something care like center. That. Yeah. And so you go there and there are, um, like vocal PTs, he's there on nutrition. Um, there's, it's just speech pathology. I mean, there's, it was pretty incredible. Like this that's center awesome. that's specifically for um, vocal health, which I was really excited about. Um, I mean, we could go on and on. We interviewed um, Joseph Conyers, who was, that was also an awesome oh my episode. Gosh. I don't think I've giggled that much like on a podcast in a long he time. Was so he funny. was super funny. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked about, um, his nonprofit, Project 440. Um, so, the, I mean, I really like Hannah and I always say at the end he's of every one of- He's also a heavy lifter. He's also a heavy, vegan heavy lifter, which I think is so, was yeah. really interesting to talk to him about. Yeah. Double um, bass player in the Philadelphia Orchestra with like the biggest muscles you'll ever see. And you're like, how do you do that? How do you yeah. do that? Yeah. So, it was very cool. Um, Duncan Rock is also a big lifter as well. So, um, who is the nutritionist that we talked about, but I feel like, you know, at the end of every single one of our episodes, we're like, oh, we just gained a new best friend. So I say, I mean, I feel like all of the people that we interview are amazing and have incredible insights and things to share. So basically listen to them all. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) 
What do you guys have coming down the pike if you uh, want to share? Anything, anything coming up? Yeah, this is a great and loaded question. I mean, loaded <laughs> in all the right ways. Um, <clears throat> right now, Madeline and I are developing a series of workshops that will kind of uh, present some of this research and some of these materials in ways that are easily applicable and kind of easy to understand. Um, and we're also working on building out our platform to be more of a fully, fully dynamic um, platform to serve musicians. So right now we have a lot of written content. We have a few video offerings from different people in the business, but we really want it to be more of, a, of an interactive resource um, so that people could take, I don't know, like four courses with you guys or four classes with you um, and then find you elsewhere or uh, do a whole like nutrition deep dive with Duncan or, or so, so that you have like more than just the like teaser taste of the material. Mm-hmm. Think so like masterclass, right like the online masterclass subscription, but specifically for a musician's health and wellness. Mm-hmm. So, I love this. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So my yeah, hope is that because I, like I said, I really like delving into a lot of different movement forms. Some of the mm-hmm. movement forms that I have certifications contradict each other and don't agree with each other. But in all of them, I've seen, I've seen them help each other, like help people. And sometimes somebody really needs this and this is not going to help them where somebody mm-hmm. else needs this one where this is not going to help. So mm-hmm. my, I think our intention is that somebody with this subscription, it could seek out a different approach um, based on what they're experiencing. So it could be different as in like different providers for the same thing. So they could see what a yoga therapist says about this. They could see what a PT says about this. They could see what a strength training coach says about this um, Mm -hmm. to find what resource they really resonate with the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that this is what you guys are doing. Oh, go ahead. No, that's same, basically same thing. Like I would have killed for that when I was in, uh, in, in the height of my injury. Cause I mean, it was over a decade process for me to figure out what was wrong, how to address it, what was working, what wasn't. And certainly, I mean, I researched multiple movement therapies for my, my treatise and then ended up in strength training, mm. you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. was looking into like, Alexander technique and Feldenkrais and body mapping, and then ended up in strength training. And at the time, those were more up my alley. But if I had gotten to try the mm-hmm. different things, which, like you said, Madeline, they often contradict each other. Mm-hmm. Even though, from somebody who does mul- like multiple things, I'm like, or has experience in multiple mm-hmm. things, I'm like, they they work together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. you know, then you see students. And I also and- find that. Con- Go ahead. Go ahead. I also find that contradiction gets really overwhelming. Like I know from yes. my own experience, you know, like try and and I think musicians are often guilty of trying to be really good students because we're like drilled to be like, you, you got to try really hard and like do what your teacher says. And so I've had many experiences where I'm like trying to overcorrect things or taking the material too far or in an attempt to to be the most right you know and so then when you have contradicting material i think it kind of leaves us all in the like "Ah!" and and unless you can kind of round out the the education then people are just like i don't know 
you know. But I, it's also interesting because I think, you know, I think what happens is that a single tool can be used in very different ways. So like, yes. for example, like, let's just talk about, you already brought up deadlifts early on. Like a deadlift can be used as a conditioning tool. It can be used as a strength tool. It can be used mm -hmm. as a corrective exercise tool. Mm -hmm. It can be used as a body mechanics, hip hinging tool. And so mm -hmm. how it's utilized, how it's coached, how it's practiced drastically changes the outcome and the experience of the person performing it. And so, you know, the corrective exercise world may say you should do a deadlift this way, where strength says you should do it this way. I mean, everything from like hand grip to positioning, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it's the same move just used for different purposes. And that doesn't mean that one purpose is more beneficial than another purpose. It's just what is our intention with using this exercise? And how can we utilize it to support what you're working towards? Yes. And so, and I think that's the same, that's just an analogy for modalities in general. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and what people resonate with and what's going to work with them in any given moment. And so our hope is that when you have a subscription to this platform, you'll be able to find resources that work for you and then maybe lead you down a path to find new and more expansive ones as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I feel like it would be great too, where it's like, you can try out these different masterclasses that you guys are talking about, kind of test out what's right for you at the time right. and then go, okay, well now I've hit, so for a while I needed physical therapy very badly. I'm like mm -hmm. genuinely needed it to get out of acute pain, which is why I'm not totally opposed to it. I'm just opposed to bad practitioners. Um, <laughs> But, aren't we all you know, <laughs> but there's that you know, wall that I hit where I'm like I can't progress any further I need to find something else so knowing that I could go back and okay well what's the next thing that's right now you know yeah and the platform isn't all about you know addressing injury it's also about yeah. maintenance also about prevention it's also about just yeah. general health and wellness for musicians yeah um so I think our intention is that you could come in through any one of those avenues and then mm -hmm. the platform will serve all different aspects of performance optimization. Um, yes. But what you kind of alluded to there in the PT world, I think um, Dr. Jan Dolmerhalt uh, talked about so well is that, you know, as a musician, it's really frustrating to go to a PT and have to mm -hmm. educate them on the, the job that it is that you do. And mm -hmm. that's what can be so frustrating mm -hmm. is feeling like you need a different approach because of your career and that you can't find a provider that understands that. And so that's another aspect of Course is that we want to create a database for people to go to where they can find trusted practitioners where they are, that they can go to knowing that, okay, I know that this PT in my area specializes in working with musicians or has experience in working with musicians. So I don't have to try out 10 to find, to find out. It's funny you're saying that because no lie, 10 years ago, I wanted to create a database for people to do exactly that. No lie, 10 years ago, but it's just, I didn't know anybody because there wasn't anybody it seemed like. All there was mm -hmm. was body mapping, Alexander, mm -hmm. yoga, that's it. Mm -hmm. Nobody had heard of Tamani, nobody, strength training, forget it. PTs for musicians? What? No, no. And like it was, and you know, and then there are doctors like um, Pamela has, uh, you know, performing arts medicine was this big thing way over there. Nobody knows what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, actually, I'm actually be. on the committee. I'm on the committee with Pamela, <laughs> yeah? and that is like, yeah, because because you know, as with anybody who's passionate, 
if you're passionate about the research and maybe you're at a point in your career that's like not savvy, like not savvy to a lot of the stuff that we in in what we do have to be attuned to. I mean, they sit mm. over there and they do their research and they love it and they've got their research friends and they're all doing their <laughs> research and they know all their research. And then there's like a real disconnect with the get it out to the world. And I remember I actually went to the PAMA conference in 2019 <clears throat> and there was this Q&A and they were like, what can we do to grow PAMA's reach? And I was- Share your and, research with everybody. <laughs> so I, I like raised my hand and I was like, my problem is like, I'm a performer and I don't like, I don't know how to get my, if I wasn't associated with an institution that had a, um, a subscription, like I would not have known about you and most of my colleagues don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, is there a way to make it more accessible and available? And one woman, I'll never forget the look in her eye. She turned around at me and was like, get a library card. And I was like, <gasps> lady, you don't get how the- uh, No like, idea how the world works. Cause I have never been able to subscribe to their stuff because I'm not a member and I haven't been able to afford it. So I can't get the research. There's something mm -hmm. really wrong with that. Right. Yeah. Get a library card. I have a library card. I still can't get it. I'm not associated yeah. with the university. Get a clue yeah. woman. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and she, to be fair, to she was a librarian. You got to make stuff yeah. as accessible as possible if you're really trying to reach an audience and help people mm -hmm. right. yeah. like you guys are doing. That's one of our taglines is bridging the gap between research and practice. So, awesome. um, but I think it's fast. I mean, like you, you both are, you know, we're pretty steeped in this world and there's still doors that I'm opening that I'm finding, like, I had no idea this was here. Like, mm -hmm. I keep bringing up his name, but we were, we were um, talking to Dr. Jan Dahlmerhalt. We're like, they're just, you know, there aren't like training programs where PTs can go to or chiropractors can go to, to learn how to specifically work with musicians. And he was like, oh no, actually there is. People there are? don't know about it. Yep. Yeah. There's one, it's called Shenandoah University has a performing arts medicine certificate that or you can PTs. go to for PTs, chiropractors, body workers, where you can go and you can specialize in this field. And also I'd say Tamani is also one now that yeah. would be amazing if somebody with PT background, chiropractic background. Well, actually the, so. in my, so in my teacher training program, we had the, we have the PT at the Oslo Conservatory is in my program. Cause she's like, I know how to, like, I can see from my PT perspective what's wrong, but I go to lessons with these musicians and the teachers are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to play an instrument. Like, you don't know. And so she's like, kind of like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what you have to do to play violin or flute or clarinet. Like, I can see why you're in pain and what I need to fix on you, but I don't know how to do this. Um, and I've actually talked to a couple PTs recently so in case anybody doesn't know Tamani is really new to the United States so I'd be like brownie points to anybody who does know this who's listening um <laughs> it is a a form it, it's a method of training your body to like basically take advantage of the structures that are there specifically to make music and to avoid injury and to kind of just optimize your technique so a very easy example of this is using um, your kind of your 
slow twitch muscles, your endurance muscles to do the, the long haul marathon stabilizing so that your fast twitch, big movement muscles are free to move. And oftentimes in music, we can't differentiate that. We've never been taught to differentiate how you hold your instrument or what muscles are bending your fingers on a fingerboard, like never. What's involved ever. in breathing. What's involved right. with breathing. That's a whole master class that lots of people don't know. Um, and, and like the list goes on. And then like really using kind of the power in your body to get the most out of your playing without having to, you know, play clarinet out of your belly button or do something totally wild, which I'd love to see that happen, to be honest. <laughs> Listen, if you put it out there, somebody's going to do it, you know? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Uh, I've talked to several PTs who have who have said, you know, when I finish working with a musician, I don't know what to like, where to send them, what to do with them, because oftentimes the work isn't done. I've gotten them back to a place where they can play, but I know it's not, you know, I know it's not totally over the issue, um, mm -hmm. and so they've they've actually asked me several times about what would Tamani work if I like gave you my like recovered PT students? Could you help? And so in that way, it's, it's really beneficial. I mean, it's beneficial for, for everybody, but. So I'm not, I'm not sure how familiar you are with um, things like Alexander Technique and Feldenkrais. So I, do you have experience in that area or? I not really? took, uh, I took uh, Alexander Technique class in my undergrad, just like a lot of, my friends have done and okay. um it just didn't answer all the questions for me so yeah yeah and and there, there's holes in every type of movement therapy i've looked at, at including strength training so mm -hmm. like not trying to argue one way or the other but i was more asking that because i know with those two a lot of it is more using bone structure to take yeah. pressure off of the musculature or whatever is being impinged or impeded would you say that Tamani is like the muscular version of that? Um, <clears throat> I had a friend say, she's a body mapper and she was like, mm -hmm. body mapping is like black and white and Tamani is like technicolor because you kind of, do, you look at all of it really. Mm -hmm. Like you mm -hmm. can't really look at the bones without looking at how yeah. the muscles are moving them. And you can't really look at the muscles without looking at the bone structures in place. <laughs> Um, and I think it's really easy to get really fascinated with one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately we have to work as one system. Um, and so it does a really, I think it does a beautiful job of, um, synthesizing a lot of different movement modalities and different, um, philosophies and different trainings into one specifically for musicians. Um, cause I looked for a long time, like I wrote this big paper about yoga, but I still felt like there were like the application Yeah, was like, it works mostly, but then there was like the, the didn't do everything, you know what I mean? And yeah. so t I felt like Tamani really filled in a lot of gaps for me. Like for a while, if you'd caught me right after training, I was like, did you know about the muscles in your hand? And like, I wouldn't <laughs> shut up about it. 
What? Too late. <laughs> of uh, podcast interview episodes, we actually interviewed Tina Margarita Nielsen, who was the woman who, the founder of Tamani. And so if you want to know a little bit more about that, kind of her career, how she came about it, how she developed it, you can listen to that, to that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Very and cool. we are actually interviewing a woman named Christine, which Hannah, you know, we're interviewing her next Saturday. Oh, okay. So Christine is a Tamani teacher. She's the first American. Okay. I'm, apparently I'm promoing your next episode. You uh, are. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you Christine's bio. No, she actually was a teacher for a day in my training. Um, and she's awesome. She's one of the first, she is the first American to do the training. She wrote a great article for us on breathing um, that I think it's called Mythbusters, the breathing edition. I think I, I think saw so. that yeah yeah um and such a good title title. and that that article I shared it with a couple wind player friends who like they were like I've never thought about breathing like what (laughs) like they would bring it up in like master classes they taught and they're like check this out um (laughs) she's she's great you're gonna have a great episode with her she's fantastic cool Yeah, I'm, we're really looking forward to it. I, I had a phone conversation with her, well, a Zoom phone conversation with her, and we talked for almost two hours. I was like, I gotta go, but this, you know, I want to stop talking. Like, it was just, she's an amazing person. I really, yeah. really enjoyed yeah, it. So when you reached out and said that you did Tamani, who went, oh, another person? What is this? So we're slowly infiltrating the United States. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay, that has been quite the gamut. (laughs) I am so excited about this platform that you guys are building out. Um, Do you have any like dates or launches or releases or anything that we should be aware of? We will send them to you as soon as we have them. We are doing a lot of the like back end work right now um, Mm -hmm. and have some stuff coming up, but we'll, we'll make sure you know about it when it's time to yeah our workshops will be um launched first so right now there you can book us to give workshops to your students or at your school or your organization um and you can choose pick or choose so there's different courses basically we have like the whole series which will cover everything from injury prevention nutrition corrective exercise for musicians like what you're saying, the bio, the whole biopsychosocial model. So performance psychology as well. Um, or you can pick and choose which course you want. So if you pick the whole, all the whole series is probably going to be a weekend. Um, so there's enough time for your students to absorb the material and for and questions and answers. Um, or you can just have like, I want this 90 minute class um, on nutrition for musicians. And we'll talk about how to prepare for auditions and performances and blah, blah, blah from a nutrition perspective. Um, So those will be coming out first. We are hoping to have soon to have online versions of those um, as well as the in-person slash Zoom offering of those. Um, And then the platform will be coming after that at some point in the future. Very soon, very soon. I'm very manifesting soon. it. Everybody yeah. in California putting it out there and then manifesting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's gonna happen very soon. <laughs> yeah. But turns out they don't train you how to build websites and platforms in music school. What a thought! I no. know. I know. <laughs> Which, but you uh, better have a website somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You better have a website. You better know how to run a studio privately. You better know how to, you know, get gigs file taxes. File taxes. Oh my God, file taxes. I still don't know how to do that. that I hired that out a long time ago. I knew that. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna get audited immediately. We're we're just gonna give this to you. Totally, totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which segues nicely into um, Angela and I are our next few episodes. So we've got, you know, more interviews coming up too, but um, we did a series of uh, podcasts recently that was like, uh, what do we call it? Healthy habits? Healthy habits. Multi-parters. Our next multi-parter is going to be the business side of music Mm -hmm. and things that we wish we were taught. Things we didn't learn in music school. Oh, I'm going to have to listen to this one. I'll be like, Yes, 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 the whole time. I, keep, I feel like I keep being like, and listen to this episode, and listen to this episode. We interviewed <laughs> you know? that, viol- that viola kid, and it was really fascinating. Oh, yeah, I Talk about how beneficial and helpful it is for musicians to think of themselves as a brand. Yes, because like, you boom. are. Yeah. That was pretty fat. That was really interesting. I was like, yeah. never thought about that, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's yeah, one of the me. things we're not really taught. Uh, we, we're not given business skills. We're not given business courses. We're just given like, you either have to get a symphony job or good luck getting a, you know, you got to get your doctorate so you can teach at the college level. I don't want to teach at the college level like that. I don't want my doctorate. Well, maybe I don't want to play in a symphony. What about studio work? Oh, that's for doublers. It's like, there's nothing wrong with doublers, right, Jim? But it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, I would have really loved some entrepreneurial skills. Like think of myself as a brand. What is my logo? What is my brand? What am I trying to put out there? And that is a valid career. You don't just have to follow these little tiny two paths. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, it was right. super inspiring to hear him talk about the fact that, you know, yes, the music that we play is super important. The sound mm-hmm. that we create is important, but also mm-hmm. the human behind the sound is extremely important. And that yeah. is what people come to see. That is why people love mm-hmm. live performance. Yes, they uh-huh. like the music, but they like the human behind the music. And the human behind the music is the brand. Yep. So yeah. I just think it's a very inspiring way to think about curating a career that it that yes, the sound is one aspect, but who I am as an individual and how, how I present that to the world is a huge aspect as well. Like I have I have control over a lot more aspects than just the music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Good segue, Jen. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. We're we're I'm just gonna disclaimer, we're probably gonna steal that reference. Um we'll throw it back at you, but (laughs) probably gonna steal that reference when we get into that podcast. (laughs) You mean referencing the musician as a brand? Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to you'll have to give him credit for it. Yeah. (laughs) We We were like Oh my God, really? <laughs> like, it blew our minds. We did not think of that, no. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, so give us some plugs. Where can people find you uh, who don't know who you are? Where's, where's your platform? What are your handles, IG, et cetera? All the same. So you can find us, corsonor.com. You can also find us, which is easier over speaking it and then looking it up, soundbodywellness.com. Mm-hmm. And our Instagram is the same. From our website, you can find our Instagram through there. Um, our podcast, you can find anywhere you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah? We're also on Facebook. Yeah. And I should say, if uh, we, it should be C O R P S. 
S-O-N-O-R-E, but we've combined them into one word. So it's just one S, C-O-R-P, S-O-N-O-R-E. Mm -hmm. So in case anybody was like, I don't even know what word you guys are saying. That's how you say yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you look at our, our logo, you might see the bit, like the S is actually a, when you, in German, when you have a double S, you, you combine it to be a specific style of S. And so that is how we combined the, the double S. Very cool. Um, and all these really weird nerdy. little music things that really nobody nerdy. else gets, but yeah. we really like. Yeah. <laughs> and I the mean, name of your podcast, <laughs> that's the course in our podcast, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Very cool. Thank you guys for joining us today. This has been a fantastic discussion. We really much. enjoyed it. Yeah, thank Pleasure. you for us. Yeah, this was, a, this was a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for the work that you're doing, because seriously, that that resource so thing that you guys are talking about, oh my God, that's awesome. Well, we, <laughs> we just love like connecting with other musicians and practitioners like yourselves. Like what you do is equally as an inspiring and um, we love create. Okay, well, here I go on my woo-woo soapbox. Sorry, Madeline, here it comes. Oh, we just go. love. <laughs> we love the community of people who are committed to helping musicians and being able to connect with like-minded individuals such as yourselves like it really makes us feel that glowing sense of achievement that is beyond the individual like there are changes coming there's like this quiet as I call it the quiet loving revolution of helping musicians grow and just be even better. The tradition is due for a change and meeting other people who are on that wave is really powerful. So, And I think, you know, we talk about like, oh, we're creating our platform, but we really feel like we're creating a platform for everyone who's doing this work. So a platform for your work, a platform for anybody who is working in this field, we want to give you, give you that platform to be able to access musicians. Yeah. So love that. And that's so needed. It's nice to have a, to, to look forward to a database where it's all right there and you can look around and see what interests you because what interests me might not interest you, might not interest you, but we're all different. We don't all need the same things in the same cocktail of ingredients mm -hmm. to make our own wellness yeah. program. And the vision is to support everyone. So, you know, if you come through our platform and you have like a few sessions with a PT on there that you can see some of their information and you really resonate, then you can reach out to that PT and work with them individually. So it's a platform for information, but it's also a network. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. Well, awesome, guys. Thank you so much for the work you're doing and thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, yeah. You, I would give us plugs, but our plugs are in the show notes, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're tuning in, thanks for joining us again. Um, I think at this point, you guys know where to find us. If not, check the show notes. <laughs> right. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.